Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Design Chat with Josh. Uh, my name is Josh Reach. I am the host of this lovely design podcast. And today we're going to talk about the difference between perfect versus done. And why I believe done is much better than perfect when it comes to the design world. So let's just jump into this. This is kind of an interesting topic and I, I've noticed that no matter what field of design we're in, I think everybody struggles as a designer with the difference between perfect and done, at least those of us that really care about what we're doing. I know there's some people out there that may look at this whole career as just a paycheck, but most of us are pretty passionate about what we do. We're pretty attached to what we create, what we design, what we pour our heart and soul into and have years and years and years of experience doing, or maybe no experience at all, and we're trying to build that up and, and defend what we've learned in, in recent days or whatever it may be. Anyway, we get hung up on the details a lot of times. We, you just know we do. Everybody knows we do. We, as, as designers, we get hung up on the details, making things pixel perfect or kerning that type just right so that it just looks absolutely perfect. Maybe printing out 20 to 30 different variations that the normal eye probably wouldn't even notice, but our designer eyes, we notice. and. We always try to strive for that, that perfection. And it's not even in visual stuff either that we do. It could be in anything that we create. It could be in a presentation that we're organizing, or it could be in uh, a, a user journey that we're trying to map out. And we're just not quite sure that that's, that's quite perfect. Maybe we should test some things some more, do some more research. And uh, this is something that, you know, I mean, I, Going from visual to product design, I've noticed even in the product design world, I think it's a little different now. It's I have this drive to want to test stuff all the time and research more and more. And these tests, there's a certain point where I think we have to be like, all right, we're done. Let's move forward and know that we can go back and, and change and iterate this. Uh, but, but we're perfectionists. We absolutely are. And I think some of, some of the reason why designers might be perfectionists or why we want to get things perfect versus getting them out the door on time is because we're kind of insecure a little bit in what we do. You know, creatives especially are usually put on the back burner. Designers in general are looked at in a lot of companies maybe as a pretty maker. And I know that's changing, like designers and creativity and design thinking is on the rise. And, uh, you know, we've always battled with, you know, everybody thinks they're a designer and all this stuff, but it makes us a little insecure in the decisions that we make. And we also, I think, have this kind of subconscious thought as well that what we're designing, especially as product designers, is it, it could literally mean the difference between life and death for somebody. If you design something wrong and a user uses it wrong, depending on what it is, you could have a death on your hands, you know, or in some cases it's super sensitive information that the product you're creating is handling. And if it's handled wrong, that could mean something could go terribly wrong in somebody's life or many people's lives, or it could affect many, many others. I, kind of an interesting side note here. I think it's fascinating, by the way, right now, how 
If anybody's been following the uh, news, the really tragic news in Myanmar, uh, most people might know it as Burma, uh, the government and anti-immigration organizations are using Facebook, okay, this tool that you know people design to share their social lives. Well, they're using Facebook as a tactic to spread hatred and kind of, well, ultimately in the end, you'll have to look into it a little bit more. It's kind of a long story, but there are deaths on the hands of Facebook if you really want to get nitpicky. Uh, and it could be blamed on Facebook or it could just be blamed on human nature. I'm not pointing fingers really. I'm just kind of reiterating what some of the news is saying. But when you think about it, you think about, okay, well, how Facebook was designed mattered and and maybe there's this design element of moderation and and this design element of, of moderating and and kind of policing the content that's out there but then you get into all sorts of kind of moral debates of you know well is that free speech or is that right that facebook should be controlling what you know people put on there or not you know and how do you you know what what line is it hate speech at what line is it propaganda you know all this stuff there's all sorts of debates but anyway you could ultimately look at it as the design of facebook and the loopholes and the ultimate freedom that facebook had designed for that platform has resulted in hatred and really riots and, and, and hunting of people and deaths um, in, in some countries. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just, it's a fascinating thing to me to think that we have that much power. So back to perfect versus done, we, we as designers, I feel, get stuck on something being perfect because we want it, we know it's going to have a big effect. That's basically what I'm getting at here. We know it's going to have a big effect on people's lives. And this will affect people's lives, either for good or bad, or even just a little bit. And so you feel that responsibility and you want things to be perfect. But I'm here to say perfect is, is something that I believe is never totally achievable when it comes to design. And what I mean is perfect you may think something's perfect. You may have tested it tons of times. You may have great success in the launch of something new, but you're gonna look back at that a few days or a few weeks later, and you're gonna think, ooh, I could change that, or ooh, maybe I should have done that instead, or what if we did this instead? So your design is never going to stay perfect in your mind. So that's why I kind of, I erased this idea of perfection, you know, uh, and, and basically my goal as a designer and tell me if I'm crazy tell me if I'm shooting myself in the foot too for saying this out in the open but I believe getting things done getting things out there launching with stuff meeting deadlines is the number one priority of realistic deadlines by the way realistic deadlines not these arbitrary ones that are unrealistic uh, but meeting a realistic deadline and getting something out there that's maybe 80% ready or 80% perfect, that to me is way more important than getting something that you as a designer feel is 100% perfect and the right way to go. And you'll find, and, and this is kind of what I've found, is you, you have much more success by doing that and you need to be ready for some things to go wrong, maybe anticipate 
some things that go wrong. Anticipate some things that people might ask for that you know you want to work on and you know it's going to be updated in the future release, but it's not quite ready yet or you didn't want to hold the, the, the launch or the, the, the deadline any, any longer than it already has been. Um, but I feel like, you know, if we, if we get to that like 80% mark, and, and, there, and I believe there's somebody who said that once to me of like, you know, let's get things like 80% there, launch it, and then perfect it after that. And, uh, you know, but, but responsibly, like make sure that 20% that you're not getting to is like, you know, strategic <laughs> in ways. Like it's things, it, you know, the core functionality of something is still there. And this goes for campaigns, this goes for products, whatever it may be, even for brands. Like if you're creating a new brand or you're relaunching, oh God, yeah, if you're redesigning like the face of a brand, you're giving it a facelift, we're talking visuals and voice and tone, you know, and that kind of stuff, or you're trying to revamp or reposition a brand, even getting it 80% there and then knowing that there's going to be work in the coming months where you're going to perfect it and you're going to work up towards 100%, that right there, like, is, is way faster and way more effective than just holding off, holding off, holding off, pushing that deadline back, pushing that deadline back, constantly checking and testing and coming back at something and uh, tweaking it. I mean, good Lord, when it comes to designs, I'll, I'll have 50,000 different designs on something. And sometimes I'll just end up going back to the first design that I created, but I just feel like it's not quite there. It's not quite there. And uh, you just have to go with it sometimes. Um, you know, and, and you got to let go of that, you know, kind of feeling of ultimate drastic responsibility uh, of, of what you're, you're doing and, and that perfection, because ultimately it's going to be worse if you don't launch it and you don't hit that deadline and you try to just constantly strive for 100% perfect. All right, so by, by now you're probably thinking, okay, Josh has really low standards. Uh, and uh, yeah, what if you work in an environment that doesn't allow you to fail? Uh, and and this, is, this is so true for so many of us. You know, we even have companies that will they'll tout the fail fast and you know, learn often or whatever the bullshit saying is. But the reality is a lot of us don't have that luxury and the company may not actually stand by the fail fast option because part of failing and failing fast is being able to recover and learn from it and apply a change. A lot of times, either as designers, we may not know how to do that right away, or we most of the time may not be in an, an inside an environment that allows us to fail fast, but then make updates and change and correct that failure right after. Uh, you know, it might have to be, well, we, we don't have time for that. You know, we failed, uh, we'll just table it, and we'll have to do it later, thanks a lot, for nothing. You know, why do we even have a designer? Uh, this is not necessarily from personal experience, but I've heard and seen it uh, and, you know, may or may not have experienced it myself. You know, I think we all probably, you know, worry when a company says that, you know, we, we encourage a fail fast environment. Uh, it's, it's ultimately bullshit for a lot of, a lot of companies. But uh, if, if you are in that environment, great. You're set up for success then, right? Like you don't have to get to that 100% perfection. You just get it done, get it out the door, get it out in people's hands. You know, go ahead and, and, and let, you know, you, maybe you've done and you should have done enough testing and modifications before you launch to where you iron out many of the bugs or many of the inaccessibility 
that, that something may have for the user, but there might be one or two things, and that's okay. Just be ready, ready for that change, ready for a new release, ready for a new launch, ready to pull something and relaunch or reprint something if it's, you know, in, in, in a campaign. Um, you know, have that, have that, that, that okay to fail. And, and here's another interesting area too, where, you know, we, we have failure on a digital realm, but then we have failure in other realms like print. But in digital, it's so much more instant. And, and usually we would think, well, if, if we fail or we don't do something right on a website, we can change that pretty fast, right? It's not always the case. So if you can anticipate those types of things that might go wrong, or you can anticipate the, the things that might be asked or requested, even though they are on your roadmap for later on, then you, you need to also kind of meet with your developers, meet with your engineers, meet with the people who, if you're, it's a campaign, meet with your printer. If it's a print campaign, I mean, we're really going old school here, but like it, it, it applies to all the people that are involved in a project, get them ready, have them understand this so they're not blindsided by the fact that this might come back and get us, or we might be okay and there might be a few people that maybe have an issue or run into this, uh, something that's missing or something that's not perfect and that's okay. We'll, we'll just make sure we do it when we have it scheduled in a future update or something like that. Um, but you know, it, it, you, do, you do have to be in this kind of fail fast environment. Or if you aren't, and even if you are, but if you aren't, then at least be very clear with your superiors as to what you're doing, why you did what you did, but also why you did, didn't do certain things, why, why you didn't include certain things. And you know, we'll, I'll find this a lot where I'll, I'll be presenting something and it'll be proposed this other idea of, you know, oh, well, maybe we should do this or this, or what if we did this? And it's like, well, actually I, I did think of that. Um, and, and here's like a rough sketch of it. Maybe usually I end up having some sort of paper sketch or, or something of, of an idea or have it written down at least. And I say, look, this has been thought of, but here's why I don't think this is worth investing a ton of time in because it might be affecting a very small amount of users and we want to focus on the majority of the users and we want to focus on maybe it's usability over uh, visuals uh, for the instant or you know, the, the initial release of something um, but you know you just you have to be prepared you have to be prepared it's not this is not an excuse uh, uh, to slack off either I think that's the very important thing I need to make clear is just because you may get something 80% there doesn't mean that you should just be performing at 80% for the rest of your life. No, what you should be doing, I feel, is, is you should be constantly improving and that, that extra 20%, it isn't a, a, a free pass, it's basically a extension. Uh, that variable of things will always be changing and things will always be improving and then you have to deliver on that. You have to, you have to show that you are making that progress in improving and utilizing that, that extra 20% at a later time. Now, specifically relating to the product world um, and designing for products, the, the fail fast philosophy really does exist for, I mean, that's, that's kind of the process, that's kind of the flow. Um, but that failure also usually happens behind closed doors uh, or, or within a team and it doesn't necessarily go public. 
So you may fail fast uh, while you're doing user testing or something on, on something, and you may find out, okay, yeah, this didn't work so great. Or you may fail fast during a beta of something, and that's okay because it's a beta. And so this is the learning experience. This is where you know, you, you're not 100% perfect yet, and that's okay because you know, you, you're almost there and you're just testing out this stuff and it's supposed to fail. You, you want it to fail at this point if it's going to fail at all. And then that way you can make those quick changes and updates. So it is, you know, you know I may say it's, it's a, a, a load of BS, but, you know, it's, that's more on like that high level company level when, when they apply it to everybody. Uh, but specifically to product designers, I feel like we have this, this extreme luxury of failing, but we just kind of have to kind of, it happens behind our doors, behind our closed doors. And it's expected uh, at certain stages or certain points. Uh, but as soon as something goes live, as soon as it launches, you know, I still feel like it's okay to fail and fail fast, right? It's okay to not have something 100% perfect uh, all the time because it's always going to be changing based on user feedback and user input and new devices that come out. If it's some sort of, you know, digital, you know, product of, of some sort, you know, you have new devices, you have new platforms, you have new infrastructures for crying out loud. I mean, think about things like, you know, designing an app back in 2008 or 2006, 2008, no, not 2006. Let's go back to 2010, mobile apps in 2010. I think that's when the App Store launched. God, I can't remember. It feels like it's been forever ago. But anyway, we were on 3G. You know, we didn't we didn't really have the high-speed 4G LTE networks that we have today. And even Wi-Fi and home internet wasn't gigabits fast, you know, like it is and can be nowadays. Um, so, you know, we had, we may think something was perfect back then, right? It was perfect. It loaded great on these slow networks. You know, it was, it was minimal, but as time progresses, that perfection doesn't exist anymore. It is no longer perfect a few months, a year, and definitely a few years later. That perfection is gone. It's now old and outdated. We have new, faster, high-speed internets that are downloading things at, you know, 80 megabits per second over a cellular network in a building, you know, which was unheard of a few years ago. So that changes kind of what users expect. And they expect to have a more immersive experience. To them, that would be a perfect experience. And nowadays, you know, if you don't deliver that, well, it, you're not perfect, right? Uh, but but it can be okay to do that to kind of, you know, maybe get a little uh, when you're when you're creating something, you you kind of utilize that faster network or something, and you know it's only going to work for, you know, smoothly for a large majority of people, but maybe not all of them, so that those last few people who maybe are on slower networks, you know, we're going to figure out how to kind of optimize things later. Um, and I, you, you could be thinking I'm completely out of my mind, and by the way, I'm pulling this example right out of thin air, but <laughs> but it, it's kind of, you know, I, you, you, again, it goes back to perfect is this is this thing that and let's be honest, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in this world, not just in design, but perfection does not exist in this world. Nobody is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Everything is flaw, you know, has, has a flaw or will have a flaw or will be obsolete at a certain point, And that's okay. Like that's, that's what makes everything interesting. That's what makes things beautiful. You know, even, 
you know, the, the lovely, you know, Apple, you know, when the new MacBook Pro launched, I remember with the touch bar and all that, the battery life, I think was atrocious from what I've heard uh, from people who, who pre-ordered and got that, that thing early on. It wasn't perfect. You know, the new i9 processors apparently were not perfect. They were not operating at their full capacity, you know, but they fixed it. They released some updates later and things so far seem, seem good. They seem like they're working pretty well. Um, but they got it out there, you know, they got it in users' hands. Yes, they had some friction. Yes, they had some upset people. You got to kind of weigh the pros and cons of, you know, is it worth going? Is it worth not going? But to me, again, the final thing is done is much better than perfect. It absolutely is because sometimes perfect will never, ever get launched. And that's the worst case scenario. Now that I've rambled on for I don't know how many minutes, uh, now's your chance to tell me how crazy I am. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm out of my mind. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. I actually find it more interesting when people don't agree with me um, because it makes me think in different ways. And a good example is uh, last week's episode when I was talking about should designers have certain styles. Uh, somebody on LinkedIn, uh, Troy, he commented and said, you know, it could be a good thing to have a certain style because maybe that you want a certain clientele that you want to attract. And so you have that style that's going to attract that clientele. That's an amazing thought and idea. I never thought of it. So now I'm on the fence about that whole, should designers have their own styles or should they be design or style agnostic? Well, I don't know. So convince me otherwise, change my mind. Do, you know, Is perfection really what we should be striving for? And would the world be a better place? if we had perfect products and fewer products, but they were perfect, you know, instead of more products that were imperfect. I don't know. Tell me, let me know. Email me at chat at joshuareach.com. Comment on LinkedIn. Tell me on Twitter. I, however you want to reach out to me, uh, you know, let me know. Let me know what you think. And until next time, my name is Josh Reach, and you have just listened to another episode of Design Chat with Josh. I'll talk to you all later.